Maiden Voyage is a podcast recorded by the women of Impulse Creative. This is our journey. Welcome back, Voyagers. We are so excited to start Season 2, Episode 1, with an interview that we've all been looking forward to with Miss Anise Cavanaugh. We are so thrilled to have her joining us today. And in case you don't know anything about Anise, she's an entrepreneur, an author, and creator of this really amazing leadership uh, presence called IEP Method, the Intentional Energetic Presence. And we're hopefully going to dig into a lot of that today. What I also love about your bio, Anise, is that you said you are an advocate for spirit security and, of course, a daughter, a sister, a friend, um, and, and a mom. So we're so excited to get to talk with you about a lot of those things. Um, but really, we wanted to kind of just dig in and understand a little bit about your background before you became this amazing publisher, writer, and author. So I started actually in kinesiology. So when I was younger, I started working with athletes. I was um, super obsessed with human performance and what made people better at what they did, whether it was on the field or it was in their lives. And I just, I can, I can look back and I can see that probably around 14, 15 years old, I started to get really, really curious about that. And my career kind of evolved. I started going to school for nutrition and performance. And then I went in for athletic training and then I went in for clinical exercise and then I went and I worked with uh, cardiac rehab and I like, I did all these different things, landed my uh, way in corporate work, doing work with um, their health and uh, what was it? Their activity services, like to help their leaders and their employees be healthier and reduce their back injury prevention and love doing that. And then I had my baby and uh, you know, as anybody that has had children or has children or pets or anything that they care about, I was like, I don't ever want to leave this little guy. And so I took a year off and during that year found that I really, really missed my work, <laughs> uh, but I didn't want to leave him. And so then I figured out, okay, well, if I could create anything that I wanted to do, if I could do anything I wanted to do with my life from moving forward, what would that J-O-B be? What would my actual job be? I sat there and I'm like, okay, I really missed my work. What would it be? And I took a pad of post-its and I wrote every single thing that I loved about working with athletes, working in corporate, um, working in clinical exercise, like everything. And I created a job out of it. And I was like, ooh, who will give me that job? And nobody's going to give me that job because it didn't exist. And so I created a company and then boom, the, the company started. And that was back in 2002. And so with all of that like drive you had to start your own company, um, what was like the, the catalyst you would say that brought you into this like intentional presence, focused filling your cup before filling others? Like, was there something in your life that you felt pushed you kind of into that ravine? Yeah, I love that question. I, uh, you know, so I grew up, I, I witnessed when I was growing up um, people in my life that didn't, that weren't healthy and the impact that that had on the people that they cared about. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I got to, I got to see that a very close front row seat to that. And, um, and so it kind of, it, it, it it made me a stand from the very, from, I think a very young age for like, okay, how do you take care of yourself and how do you show up so that, you know, the people around you also benefit and also, so you're not exhausted and you, and you, and you love your life. So kind of like from a young age, I kind of was, I think that was part of where my, my uh, obsession with performance got started was I was like, okay, how, how do you do it differently? You know, how does, how, how, how does life look when it doesn't have to be hard and stressful and exhausting and, you're burnout and you know, you're not healthy and all that stuff. It's like, I think that was a piece of it. Um, there was another point in my life that was really pivotal where we had, my, my parents had split up 
and it was a stressful period of time. And I was um, working at Baskin Robbins and I was scooping ice cream and I was like 14 years old. I mean, I was really young and scooping ice cream. I was like, I hate my life. I hate my life. <laughs> my life is so hard. My life is so hard. I was old. Like I have three little sisters, and you know, Oh, I hate my life. I hate my life. And I'm scooping world-class chocolate. And, and as I'm, and I'm like, it's very, like every time I think of world-class chocolate, I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I'm skipping world-class chocolate. And all of a sudden in the freezer, it occurs to me, oh my gosh, well, what if you could create an amazing life? Like, what if you don't have to hate your life? What if, what if all this stuff that has been happening? Cause it was, we went through a really rough patch for a while. I'm like, what if all the stuff that's happening is not happening to you, but it's actually happening for you? Like, what if you get to design now what you want your life to look like? And I remember coming out of that freezer and it was a double scoop of world-class chocolate. And I remember putting it in the cup and I was like, huh. And I was totally di- like, I felt different. And then I gave the ice cream to the guy and the guy gave me a $5 tip. And I was like, oh, that's an angel. Bee. Like that's, that's a sign, you know? And so there was a moment and you know, it's people, I've told that story before and people have been like, where did that come from? You know, I think that was like the intuition, spirit, divine guidance, like whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. divine intervention. It was like, it was like anybody and anything, you know, just kind of feeding me and it, it kind of, it just, it had a big impact. Cause I remember walking home from work that night and being like, okay, well, what do I want my life to look like then? I feel really blessed because I got that message at a very young age. Like we cannot control what happens to us or how people respond or if people like us or other people's relationships or dynamics. I can't, I can't control anybody's dynamic with me. I can only control me and how I show up. I love that story. I love, and it really leads us into um, a book that I'm currently reading. Um, And before we get to that, I just want to say that we all watched your video um, from Inbound that you did. What was that? Two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've been talking about you for a few weeks and Rachel's been sharing anecdotes with us. So we all watched this video and a lot of these questions and a lot of what we're going to talk about then leads into the book, Contagious Culture. Um, which people can get on, on her website, anisekavanaugh.com. Um, and I'm in the middle of reading it. I'm only a few chapters in, but I already have post-it notes littering my life now with things <laughs> that we've taken away from the video as well as myself from the book that we're already starting to like utilize in our everyday lives. Amazing. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about the book, Contagious Culture, and this IEP methodology. And, and I know the rest of the girls have a lot of questions surrounding that as well. Well, okay. So, so the IEP method got created. It started, it started in 2009. I've been doing business for a couple of years. I was doing it pretty part-time. And very long story short, in 2009, I started to realize that there was a method to the madness that the, of the way that I was working with people. We kept getting feedback like, this isn't traditional leadership development there's something really special that you're doing. Um, we don't know what it is, but it's working in a different way. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. And so in 2009, I got really, really curious about what was the actual, what were the actual components we were bringing together? And that was kind of the beginning of the IEP method. You know, I, I literally had people follow me around and go, Ooh, you've done this like five times with the last five people you've talked to. That's a core part of your methodology. You know, so I, I, I did a lot of uh, work to kind of pull things apart. It, about that time, I realized like there was a lot to this and we started to realize that if I didn't, if I didn't bring the soft stuff in, which is the IEP method, the quote unquote soft stuff, which is actually really titanium. Um, if I didn't bring that in, that it didn't matter how much comp- how much a company was doing with their leadership development or their skills or 
how somebody was, how smart somebody was with their PhD or whatever it was, if their intentions or energy in their presence were not in alignment and if they were exhausted and burnt out and not taking care of themselves and if they weren't showing up, I don't care how great your skills are, you're leaving a ton of opportunity on the table and you're potentially leaving a ton of dead bodies behind. So I, I kept getting this message. I kept seeing these results, you know, yada, 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 yada. And then by the time we hit 2012, when I actually named the methodology, um, the work, you know, like as soon as the methodology had a, a name put around it, then people started to be able to anchor in and start to apply it, yeah, use it more. And so by the time I met my publisher, it was funny. I was actually giving a talk in New York um, at a leadership conference and I had dinner with a publisher and an agent afterwards. And they were like, you know, do you want to write this in a book? And so I kind of went backwards. A lot of, a lot of authors start and they're like, okay, I want to build my platform. I want to build my work. So I'm going to write the book and then I'm going to build. I had already built the business. I built the body of work. I was already speaking a lot, but what I think the catalyst for the book was, I also had a lot of people coming to me and saying, Hey, how do I get you in a room with like, how do we get you to our company or more information? And I was like, there's only one of me. I have two kids. Like, how am I going to spread this work? And so the the book was really that format was because I wanted to scale it and make it as easily accessible as possible to as many people as possible. I've shared it now with several of my girlfriends who I know work in, like I have a friend of mine who works in HR and I was like, you need to bring this to your organization because to me, it just makes so much sense. The idea of like, you can't fulfill anyone else unless you're fulfilled. Um, So I, I really love you talk about like vibrational energy and like all these really amazing things. Um, but one thing that I want to share, I took away, I know Audrey and I both did cause we're like the same human being um, is like, changing complaints into requests. Oh, yeah. And so that like, I was like, wait, what? You know, like I do that in my personal life. I do that professionally. And in, and even in just our communication with Audrey and I, she's been like, Nope, I'm not going to say I'm really hungry. I'm going to say, I'm going to go eat lunch now because yeah. like I'm tired of hinting at it and I'm just going to go do it. It's and only I, not like, worked twice. One was because of the allergies and I can't request things from bees. And then the other one was having to go to lady doctor. So right. That is what it is. <laughs> but it's about, and for me, it was about taking like the power, like the taking yeah. the power back of like feeling like I was being naggy or annoying or whatever, instead of like having that sensation emotionally, it was like, you know, I'm not even going to complain about it. I'm just going to do what I need to do and move on with my life. Can you maybe talk us through like this idea of vibrational energy and how yeah. it applies to us and those around us? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so our vibrational energy is, is just, we're always having an impact always. So the impact is either a positive, you know, it's contributory, it's negative, it's detracting, or it's beige, right? And so we might as well, I mean, beige is fine, or we might as well be intentional about our, our impact. So vibrational energy is when I walk into a room, when I'm hanging out with all of us right here, what is the energy I'm bringing to it? What am I actually putting out? And how does it impact the people around me? And everybody, everybody, anybody listen to this, even if they're not into words like vibrational energy and whatever, everybody can relate to being in a meeting where there's just that one person and they're like the whole time. And typically what'll happen is you go in, you've got a great meeting. Like, let's just say the six of us are hanging out in our meeting and Anise decides I'm just not going to have it. Right. So I'm sitting back and I'm doing this the whole time. And you five might be in the best mood. You guys are like, okay, let's get going. We're going to be super productive. We feel so good to be here. What typically will happen is if I'm the lowest vibration in the room and I'm really committed to staying there, 
and y'all are not good at holding your state, you're likely to join me. So what's going to happen in that room is all of a sudden the room started out great, but there's that lowest vibration and the room joins it. And then you walk out of the room and you're like, oh my gosh, that meeting was terrible. Terrible. Totally suck. There's our proof. Meetings are horrible. This culture is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And we just all created it. Do, does the way that you show up, does the energy you're projecting, does it create contraction or expansion for people? Uh, when I am dealing with getting my daughter off to school, if I'm finding myself in a contracted state, I'm probably not going to be that great with her and effective in getting her to move faster <laughs> to get to school on time. And I'm not going to be happy either. And so then I'm going to get on this call and be like, oh, my energy is all contracted. So it becomes my job as leader to learn how do I work with myself when I feel my vibrational state uh, not working well and I'm having a negative impact on the room. And it really just makes you want to like, I, in your inbound video, you're like, you know, when you point, you are the energy suck. It's, there's three fingers pointing back at me saying, how can I bring better energy to the room? Um, and what if you can't though? What if you can't combat that one person? Like, how do you give people tips to, cause we've all been there. Like, you know, sometimes your brother-in-law is just being a jerk. I could t- so true. Like you're making Christmas suck, dude. Like <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. I know. I know. I call. So I've got, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I was doing this at the inbound talk yet or not, but I basically have created George. So George, did I talk about George at inbound? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Poor George. So George is my pick on person mainly because I've never met a George in a room. Only recently have I met in the last two keynotes I've given. I've been like, is there anybody named George here? And two guys have been like this. I've been like, Oh no, <laughs> but George is my pick on person. So here's the deal. It's, you know, if I can't bring, if I can't influence George and George is just super committed to staying low vibe, I have no control of that. Like I can't do anything with it. So it becomes my responsibility then to make sure I take care of myself and I do what I call bubbling up. I bubble up. So I bubble up, you know, the bubble is basically my energetic space. It's around, it's about 18 inches around me, you know, all the way around above below. It's just, it's just positing that you have the space. And the minute I am conscious that I've got my own space and I get present in my body and I take a breath, like the breath is huge. The minute I take a breath, I'm now back in command of my state. So I get to decide if I'm going to match George's vibration, I get to decide. See what happens. What I find is that when George is in the room, a lot of times we're so busy and we're so in our heads and we're so reactive that it's just easier to match the lowest vibration. It's just, it's like a default. It's just easier to go. It's easier to go low, but if we can stop and take a deep breath and like go, okay, wait a minute, I've got command. I get to choose my state right now. I don't have to match George. I don't have to meet him where he's at. Now, nine times out of 10, if I can hold my state, there's, there's, a, um, there's a rule in this work, which is that the lowest vibration in the room will win, right? Unless you're really good at holding your state. If you're really good at holding your state, which is now all of you with me right now, listening to this, reading the books, whatever, because the minute you have awareness, 70% of this is awareness. For sure. If you're really good at holding your state, Nine times out of 10, George will meet you. George will step up because there's nowhere left for him to go. He's like down here. There's nowhere left. So if I hold my state, not from a Pollyanna standpoint, like, oh, George, that's so great that you're so horrible. Like not from that place, but just I hold my own state. Yeah. He will generally step up. 
if he doesn't step up and I need him to step up, like let's say he's on my team, then I can get curious with him and go, Hey George, what's going on with you? I'm noticing you, you know, you feel a little like low, like, are you okay? Right. So curiosity is a huge bridge builder. Like the minute you bring curiosity into something and you do it from a way of not manipulation, but really truly curious and yeah. service, yeah. that creates more space for George to go, huh? So a lot of times the minute I even ask George, like, Hey, what's going on for you? I'm noticing that you're, you know, sitting back, your arms are crossed. You feel like you're not, you know, like you're not here. Like, are you okay? A lot of times that in itself will shift it. If George continues to stay low vibe and he just seems devoted and it's having a negative impact on the room, I'll call a timeout and I'll take the team to break and I'll pull George aside and go, Hey, what's going on for you? Are you aware of the impact you're having in the room with your body language? Yeah. Are you aware of the facial expressions you're making? A lot of times George doesn't mean to do that. There's really, there's a really good reason. And, and the next book contagious you goes really deeply into George because yeah. George, like nobody sets out to be George. None of us set out. I mean, think about all of us, every single person. Well, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I am George sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, like I'm, I've already been, it's, it's eight fifteen. I've already been George this morning twice with my kids. So it's like, I'm George. Nobody sets out to be George. We're not, we're generally not sitting out there going, Oh, I'm going to really, really be crappy energy today. And I'm going to really like ruin my team's day. There's good reasons. We're tired. We're busy. We've got a million things pulling on us. You know, we've got uh, something that we've been triggered by because we've got past childhood trauma or something. Like there's a million reasons why people hit their George level. That's so interesting because I feel like when people are being George that I give them space. Like, okay, maybe they need some time. You know, one of the things that's happened since Contagious Culture, because that book came out three years ago, one of the things that's really surprised me has been people saying that sometimes on a team, like they'll just do, they'll do like their form of an energy check. And they'll go around, they'll check in and like, let's just say that there's that one person's really low vibe. What people report back is that the minute they ask like, Hey, are you okay? What do you need? And the person's like, I'm at a four. And they go, all right, do you want to shift? And they go, no. The minute they do that, that actually creates more space for that person to shift on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so like, we can't walk around forcing people to show up in a different way. We can only show up congruently for ourselves. And then from a leadership accountability standpoint, if somebody is showing up in a way that it's having a negative impact, then there's, then there is a leadership move that has to be done there. But that, that goes back to the conversation we just had. I love the idea of taking a gauge at the beginning of a team meeting. Like where is everyone right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you integrate, you know, it's so funny because if you look at contagious culture, if you just integrate a presence reboot, if you have people be on time to the meeting, integrate a presence reboot and have an agreement that you're going to be present, just put your phones down. Your meetings can be half as long, <laughs> twice as productive and way better energy with contagious culture. I wrote that book because, um, you know, to scale it obviously. And that book can literally be used as a toolkit to totally change your culture. If you want, like, you don't even have to be in, I mean, you know, I want to be in a room with you, please invite me to be in a room with you. I would love to. And you don't have to like anytime you can. Oh my gosh. So, so you can do it. You can do so much. Every single chapter in that book has got, you know, a field work guide. It's got make it real here, et cetera, et cetera. And literally little things, create a team, team create team agreements. Uh, be on time, do your presence reboot, do your five steps to intentional impact. Like we have these sheets. I don't know. Are any of you familiar with these? Let me see. Yeah. I yeah. downloaded them. Oh my gosh. Like I did one of these, I do one of these every single morning. You guys are on this sheet today. Like, you know, yeah. 
I've been building this work for 20 plus years. I still do my sheet because what I find is the more grounded I am in my intentions, my energy and my presence, how I want to show up, the more command I can have of my day. And it might be a brutal day. Like Monday, I think it was Monday. I did everything so pristinely. Ladies, I got up, I meditated. I had my green juice. I was like, wonder I got my daughter to school. I was like, I mean, I was like, so this, this whole week was actually really light because, um, we, we'd schedule it intentionally light because there's a lot going on with the next book. And so I was like, I've got a million things to do. Oh, so much space. I got my workout in. I get back from my workout. My day, my whole week blew up. Like so many things that were out of my control, you know, like sick family member, this, that my son needs something, you know, something with a client, like, Okay. So how am I going to navigate? Am I going to go into a completely crappy week and get sucked into it and be miserable all week? Or am I going to keep rebooting, bubbling up, honoring the low vibration? Because it's not about never being low vibration. It's not, it's, um, you know, a lot of times people think with this work, Oh, I have to be a robot. I walk around like super happy and high vibration and bubbled up all the time. Not even a little bit. It's, honoring and noticing when the vibe is low, when you're feeling contracted, when you're upset, when you're angry, whatever, honoring that, making friends with it, partnering with it, being present to it and being able to reboot and then use it intentionally so that you can do the next best thing possible, which might be going back to bed and crawling in bed for two days. Well, and it's, it's almost like I, I really, I had shit week, but it's almost like you have to like make friends with those terrible feelings before you, cause you can't ignore them. Cause they'll just weigh you down. You yeah. have to like meet them head on and honor them. Like you said, before you can move on Well, and I think when we ignore them, yes, it's when it gets the best of us. And when it like, like my mom would say, I bottle things up and then I just pop. Right. Right. Like I just explode. And, and you always do it on the people you love the most. So right. like I come out fierce to everyone who I know will never turn their back on me, but right. it's aggressive. Right. Well, and here's the thing from a leadership perspective, when we do that, like, by the way, that's such a human condition, right? I mean, I think, I think all of us can relate to that. I I know I personally can. I, I think that from a leadership perspective, when we don't allow authentic emotion and we don't allow ourselves to have a shitty day, what ends up happening is we bottle it and then it gets projected on everybody else. So it gets projected on our team. So I walk in as the leader of the team and I'm like, all right. And I've had a bad morning, but I haven't actually taken care of myself, done my energetic hygiene, bubbled up, cleared my space. And I walk in, I bring that energy into the room. My team is going to respond to that energy and it's contagious. For sure. And yeah. so this is why, you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, I, the, I have to be a robot and always be high vibration and always be in a good mood. Heck no, no, please don't. That part of the part of the intention for this work is for us to be able to authentically have our emotions and then to be able to get the support to process them so that we can be even more resilient and an even better leader out there in the world. Because anybody that says that you guys stay high vibe all the time, I, I don't I don't know what they're smoking. It's it's not true. Your energy right now and what we've seen on video and is just so high and um, contagious. <laughs> Um, that I like can't imagine you, you know what I mean? Walking in. And I I think that you, um, have just brought so much to our morning too already. So this is, we're we're so excited to talk to you. You talked about, um, how you had like three things that kind of help you move to a higher state or to like curiosity and gratitude. Do you have anything that you do to help people find what works for them to move up to their elevated state? 
Yeah, that's, oh, that's great. So, so we do these events, we do these two day events. And when, when we do the events in person, that's always the juiciest because I get to get my hands on people for two days and really work with them in their bodies. Um, and, and in collaboration, you know, so that's, that's, there's exercises where we'll actually have them access different states and then see what is their presence with each other. If I, if, you know, if I were to go into an energetic state of blame right now or frustration or, you know, uh, whatever it might be, you would feel that from me. You guys would feel it for me. Even though we're not in the same room, we're on pixels, you're going to feel it. And so it's a really powerful experience to have people see the impact of a person when their energetic state shifts and how, like we do an exercise where you can't even, you don't even know what the, what the state is, but the person's projecting it at you and the person nine out of 10 times can tell what the state was. So that's in person, not in person in the book. Like literally, if you read the book, there's a xylophone in there and the, the goal is just to start playing with it, to just start noticing there's some core, um, there's some core states that are really general for people like gratitude. I don't know. I've never met a human being who genuinely accessing the state of gratitude didn't automatically shift their vibration. Mm-hmm. They really, I mean, gratitude for anything, gratitude for this hostess, gratitude for my toothpaste, gratitude for the fact that my heart is still beating. Like it can be anything, but the minute you access um, three things of gratitude, your state starts to shift. Gratitude is a good place to start. And then having people notice like what makes you feel good as you go throughout your day. So you're in a conversation with somebody and it's getting tense. Can you, um, if you, if you play with curiosity and you're like, okay, wait, if I get curious right now, how does that shift my energy? Ooh, that felt good. Or, um, if I play with blame, okay, I'm in this conversation. I'm going to start blaming this person. Ooh, that doesn't feel so hot. So you start to kind of figure out like what makes you feel good and what doesn't. And then it's just, it's just continuing to play with it. So you've been talking a lot about like your physical being as well. And I'm just, I heard you say you meditate, green juice, like (laughs) I'm just curious kind of what other physical activities you're taking to show up as your best self every day. Yeah. Uh, So you look amazing at eight in the morning. So (laughs) I don't get that glow girl. I have a morning ritual every day, no matter what. And my morning ritual will exist of at least three of seven things on my list. So the seven things might be meditation, journaling, um, dancing, stretching, like getting in my body. Um, I'm really a big fan lately, especially since it's getting so nice out of going outside barefoot and just walking around barefoot on concrete. Like there's just something about that. that and they, they, they've talked about how grounding. Like, the grounding and the electric, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my, so, so I'll, I'll do at least three of my seven on my list, depending on how full my morning is. Um, but the favorite thing that I do in the morning before I even get out of bed is I, hit my alarm for a nine minute. I do the nine minute snooze, right? The apple snooze. So when the alarm goes off, I don't get out of bed, but I don't go back to sleep. I hit snooze. And then I lay in bed for nine minutes and I do what I call the body scan. And my body scan is I'm checking in with my body. I'm checking with my breath. I'm checking with my emotions. If there's something I've been struggling about struggling with, or I'm stressed out about, or I'm trying to figure out, I will ask myself, like, how do I feel about this now? I can tell nine times out of 10, I can tell the answer to how I feel about something first thing in the morning. So it's very common for me to say to somebody, you know, let me get back to you on that tomorrow. I want to, I want to sit with this. And it's not because I want to sleep on it. It's because I want my nine minute scan in the morning because my nine minute scan will tell me intuitively how my body feels. If there's contraction or if it's expansive. 
And if there's, if it's contraction, it doesn't feel good to me. My body will tell me this is the information you need as the next step. So I offer that to you because it's one of the lowest hanging fruit things that I give people that they come back to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, those nine minutes are magical. So you can do whatever you want with it. You can check in with your body. You can ask yourself questions. You can, you know, like say nice things to you, like whatever you want. But the, the main thing is those nine minutes are your minutes. Nobody else gets those minutes. So where can we hear more of this just amazing methodology uh, from you? Are you, are there any upcoming conferences? Like where can we find you? Yeah. Okay, good. So, all right. So social media, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm, I'm everywhere on social media. You're, I'm speaking at Inbound this year. That's what I was going to ask. What can we look forward to hearing? So I'll be at Inbound. I'll be speaking on, um, I think my talk is You Are Contagious. It'll be, it'll be bringing new content about the new book and everything. Um, or not specifically about the book, but yeah, the idea of contagiousness and how, how we show up is like we're creating it. Uh, let's see. I'm, if, if your people go to my site, there's a ton of, there's an entire articles and podcast page where we put everything. So if they want to like dig in more, there's a ton of stuff on there. Your people can go to IEP.io and that's okay. our secret site, our secret site, um, which has got resources and tools that are free. They just, it's, you know, they opt in, obviously they give us their email and then we give right. them a bunch of stuff. You guys know the drill, uh, but there's the IEP sheet. There's a virtual presence toolkit. There's like a lot of different things to help you bring IEP alive in your life immediately. Um, the books are on Amazon and um, my blog, I, 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 everywhere. Just, just follow so me. Go to AniseCavanaugh.com yeah. and uh, you can also, in the links below this, you'll be able, we'll link to her site. We'll link to the secret site um, and we'll share links to her Amazon book as well. So you can get all the juiciness that you deserve. And now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Beer, wine, or liquor? Uh, wine. Yeah. Briggs Meyer personality type? Uh, ENFJ. Hogwarts house? Pass. What are you having for dinner? Uh, tonight I will have chicken, broccoli, and a very amazing sweet potato. Mm -hmm. Favorite female celebrity? Pass. (laughs) Most recent book you've read? Uh, most recent book I've read is, um, The Choice. Great. Sparkling or still water? Sparkling. What year would you time travel to? I don't know, 1969? All right. Flats or heels? Uh, heels. What gets you into trouble? Sugar. Your superpower. Oh. I know, this was the first time that I was like, (laughs) I don't want to stop. I just want to keep going. Oh my gosh, they're good. Thank you so much, Anise, for your time. We like are truly, truly grateful. We know it's early and you have a lot on your day and we really are just so incredibly grateful you're willing to spend an hour with us. It was fun. It was, it was super, super fun. Thank you. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's Maiden Voyage. If you enjoyed our podcast, then be sure to subscribe to our channel. Until next time, stay your course. And remember, this is your voyage. Make it amazing. <laughs>